Hello, dear listeners. It's that time again. Welcome to Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. In this show, we take a close look at the many ways we try to protect ourselves from fate. The proverb may be true that God does not play with dice, but sometimes it's not worth leaving your life to chance. Many superstitions are steps you can take to give yourself good luck or protect the ones you love. But there are those superstitions that exist outside of the realm of choice. Observations and beliefs about the world that are immutable, regardless of what we do. Today's episode is firmly in the latter camp. It concerns an object that is somehow both obsolete and deeply relevant to the way we live our lives. The clock. It is the focal point of dozens of superstitious beliefs, most having to do with a simple fact. That all of us only have a certain amount of time. And when that time is up, that's the end of you. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, we'll explore the history of time. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. We've been using timekeeping devices since the very beginning of civilization. But clocks, as we know them now, weren't invented until the Middle Ages. These first mechanical clocks were not personal devices, rather machines for a whole community. Many of our clock-based superstitions come from the 14th century, when town clocks were ubiquitous. In those early days, clocks quickly gathered grim associations. Town clocks were often added to settlements that already had a church bell tower, which would ring for weddings and funerals. And when a funeral bell makes a similar sound to a town clock announcing the hour, it starts to feel like the clock is regularly reminding you of your impending death. The death link only became stronger from there. Ownership of personal clocks exploded in the late 17th century. And whether it was a grandfather clock in your home or a pocket watch, these devices required regular winding. If they stopped, it meant that whoever cared for them was indisposed. A chilling example of this is the Great Plague of London in 1665. During this period, it was commonplace to find a dead man or woman with a stopped clock not far away. Our story today is based on another superstition, the belief that winding a clock backward brings bad luck. It also features a superstition particular to Wales, which holds that if you ring the church bell while the town clock is sounding, well, 
I'll let you find out. We'll begin with a couple on vacation, a woman and a man who are on the precipice of a day that will change their attitude toward time forever. Wanda's heart pounded in her chest. She couldn't believe what was happening to her. Their vacation was ruined. Wanda's smartwatch, on which she held their entire itinerary, was broken. Edward hadn't stopped apologizing since it happened, and she didn't blame him, even though it was technically his fault that he went in for a kiss right when she was adjusting her watch band. Who would have thought that such a state-of-the-art device wouldn't survive a meeting with centuries-old cobblestone? I'm so, so sorry, Wanda, Ed said, running his hands through his blue-streaked hair. I'm sure the warranty is still good. We can take it in when we go back to the States. Wanda sighed. That's not the point, Ed. We have tickets, reservations. Our whole trip was on that watch. Their whirlwind tour of Europe had been an absolute joy for Wanda to plan. They had seen Paris, Amsterdam, London. But today's schedule had been her pride and joy. It was easy to make a plan for a big tourist trap like London. But to make a perfect tourism day out of an anonymous town in Wales was a peerless accomplishment. Ed took her hand and said, I love how much you care about preparation. Really, I do. I know how proud you were of our itinerary. But is it so horrible to just wander, wander? He gave a cheeky smile at this turn of phrase. Wanda was not amused. She pulled her hand away and immediately started unfolding a map. There had to be someone in this town who knew how to fix it. Her eyes alighted on a small marker that said, Time Machines, Vintage and Modern Clock Repair. They didn't have an Apple store, so this would have to do. Wanda's eyes went wide as the two of them entered the shop. The walls were plastered with clocks of all shapes and sizes, pocket watches, grandfather clocks, cuckoo clocks, even modern pieces like her smartwatch and some designs she didn't recognize that glowed like something out of a science fiction film. At the counter sat a regal old woman who reminded Wanda of Helen Mirren. She adjusted her half-moon spectacles. What can I do for you, young lady? Wanda began to explain her predicament, how she had scheduled their trip down to the minute and now without her smartwatch, they were going to miss maybe half of the events that she'd planned. Even though she knew she sounded like a hopeless tourist, she added, I wanted this trip to be perfect. The old woman nodded coolly. She reached across the counter and gently took the shattered little screen. After a moment, she said, The damage is superficial. I can install a new screen, but I'm afraid you will have to wait a day. We aren't getting those parts until tomorrow. Wanda's head fell into her hands. Ed set something beside her on the counter. It was a notepad from the hotel. On it was drawn a cartoon cat with its tongue out. She shot him an annoyed look. He shrugged. Just trying to cheer you up. Wanda told him to wait outside. She just needed a moment to gather herself. He did as she asked, 
pausing to quickly kiss the side of her neck. She smiled faintly. They were an odd match, Wanda thought, a cartoonist and a mathematician. But he saw her in ways that her colleagues and her family could never understand. Plus, he was the only man in her life who had never looked down on her in any way. Except, literally, he was quite tall. The old woman at the counter gently coughed. She hadn't moved, and she hadn't charged Wanda for anything. Her expression was unreadable as she said, I have something for you, Wanda. Wanda blinked. The old woman added, For keeping time while you wait for the repairs. She reached into the folds of her cardigan and produced a small object. It was a wristwatch. Not particularly astonishing in its design, it was polished silver with a deep blue face and a small knob on the side to wind it. I have been holding on to this piece for many years. I have been waiting to give it to someone very special. Take it. Wanda stammered that they'd only just met. The old woman chuckled but did not disagree. You two really do make a wonderful couple. I hope you appreciate the time you have together. Life goes by so fast, you know. It was a cliché statement, but something in the old woman's tone caught Wanda off guard. Seeing no other option, she took the watch and thanked the shop owner. She fit the device on her wrist and was astonished to find that it fit perfectly. She immediately promised the old woman that she would return it after her watch was fixed. The old woman only laughed. Wanda launched into planning mode as soon as she was out the door. Okay, I remember we have the Old North Church first at quarter to nine, then the carriage tour, then the museum. If only I could get the address. Using the hotel notepad, she scribbled a rough list. Bell Tower, Horse and Buggy, River, Town Hall, Museums, Bike Tour, Armory. She could remember most of the things they planned on doing, but not the times. There was Ed's hand again, this time massaging the tension out of her shoulders. He said, Look, let's take a moment to relax. There's a nice bridge over there where we can overlook the river and reevaluate what we're doing today. Remember, this trip was supposed to be about escaping the stress of work, not finding new exotic things to stress out about. But then, the church bell tolled. Oh no. That was the first tour group getting to ring the bell. Wanda took off towards the tower. Ed had no choice but to follow. The old North Church seemed like it was even bigger on the inside, carved stone walls and vaulted ceilings making up for its mundane exterior. Wanda insisted that they had to catch up with the tour group, but Ed was already entranced by the stained glass windows. Come here, Ed said. Doesn't this saint kind of look like your racist uncle? Wanda rolled her eyes. Catch up with me when you're done, she said, then went straight for the door to the bell tower. She very nearly ran into a confused tour guide coming out. Excuse me, he spluttered. You can't come in. Don't give me that, Wanda snapped. 
We paid in advance. You can check the tickets under the name Clark. We're going to ring that bell. The tour guide crossed his arms. He said something about how ringing the bell on the hour was a bad idea, which only made Wanda feel more urgent. If they were already 15 minutes late, that means their entire schedule had been thrown off. They'd missed the buggy ride, the museums, possibly everything. Wanda shouldered past the guide and seized one of the thick ropes dangling from the bells. In the split second before she pulled, she thought she could hear the clock in the town square ringing the hour. The bell was a lot louder than Wanda expected. She could practically feel her skull rattling. But she did it. She rang the bloody historical bell, which would explain the commotion from the chapel behind her. She turned back, ready to be escorted out of the building by the guide. He wasn't looking at her. He was staring back into the chapel, which was now full of screams. The church bell never rang on the hour. Never. And never at the same time as the town clock. The shock had been too much for the poor deacon who was lighting candles beside the doors. When Wanda rang the bell, his candles had fallen and landed on a nearby pile of hymnals. In mere moments, the door to the church was engulfed in an inferno. Wanda seized the tour guide. Where's the fire exit? The man was pale. He said the church was built before fire exits were invented. Wanda let him go and turned back toward the door. Some poor soul had been standing close enough to the entrance that he was already aflame, running back and forth, shrieking. Her heart caught in her throat. That was where Ed had been standing. She ran forward, shoving her way through the panicking tourists. By the time she reached him, the burning man had fallen to the floor. But even through the heat and the smoke, there was no mistaking the streak of blue on the top of his head. The fire turned green as it reacted to the chemicals in his hair dye. Wanda felt her legs give way. She fell to her knees and wept unable to hold the smoldering body before her. The church was a world of orange and black, pews erupting into flame around them. Her tears evaporated on her face. And her wrist felt strangely uncomfortable. She looked at it. The old woman's watch was heating up rapidly in the burning church. She tried to pry it off, but the latch wouldn't give. Perhaps there was some locking mechanism she didn't understand. She took the gear on the side of the watch between two fingers and pulled. It popped out a millimeter and suddenly the world went silent. Wanda looked around. Everything around her, the fire, the people, all of it, had frozen in place. Even the smoke from Edward's charred body had stopped. Her gaze went back to the watch. Its hands were still. Apparently, she had disengaged the motor. Hand trembling, she took the gear and turned it clockwise by a hair. The fire flickered, burning rapidly for a split second before stilling again. She stopped. After a moment of thought, 
she knew what she needed to do. She wound it counterclockwise. The watch clicked and whirred and began spinning all on its own. The church became a dizzying blur around her. She shut her eyes and then she opened them to see the familiar wall of clocks. She was back in the shop with the old woman holding out the watch to her. I have been waiting to give it to someone very special. Wanda stared back blankly. A knowing twinkle appeared in the old woman's eyes. She said, I know what you're thinking. We just met. How could I possibly know you're special? Wanda took a shaky breath. No, I, I already said that. The old woman grinned. Well, now you won't ever say it. Isn't time fun? Time. Her eyes immediately went to the window. Edward stood outside the clock shop, leaning up against an old police call box. Wanda couldn't believe it. She had traveled backwards in time. This was earlier in the morning less than an hour before she was scheduled to visit the Old North Church. Before the fire. Wanda looked to the woman, to the watch, to Edward, and back again. She took a deep breath and asked what happened. The woman shrugged. I suppose you did not know that little local belief about the church bell ringing at the same time as the town clock. It's supposed to foretell a fire. <laughs> Good thing you had a clock of your own to protect yourself. Wanda looked at the old watch in her hand. It sat there, ticking innocently. She looked back to the old woman. Her genial expression had faded. Now she looked positively grave. I told you once before. You have had a lovely vacation. Appreciate the time you two have together before it's over. And she gently fastened the watch to Wanda's wrist. Wanda, still stunned, stumbled her way out of the shop. This was a test of some kind. She had never been a religious person, but it seemed obvious the old lady knew more about her life than even she did. But if that were the case... Edward noticed her worried expression right away. What's wrong? We late for the bell tower tour? Wanda shook her head. I think we're going to rearrange the schedule a bit. She took out the notepad and looked over their day. She would delay her visit to the bell tower so that the fiasco of the last timeline could be avoided. Then, she would figure out how this machine on her wrist worked. She met her boyfriend's gaze. He always looked at her as if he was seeing her for the first time, and she loved that about him. If the day went as expected, she would never see that expression again. I will save you, she thought. You will never know it, but I'm going to save your life. 
coming up, Wanda attempts to change her boyfriend's fate. Massive spiders, fierce crocodiles, violent kangaroos. With all of the dangers lurking within Australia, one species remains feared above the rest. Humans. Hi listeners, it's Alastair from Parcast, and I'm hosting a new Spotify original called Crime Down Under. Every Sunday on Spotify, take a trip to the oldest continent for some of the most shocking true crime cases in modern history. Featuring a compilation of episodes from shows across Parcast Network, Crying Down Under exposes the vicious serial killers, mysterious disappearances, and terrifying crime families whose stories still stop Aussies dead in their tracks. From the beaches and deserts to the cities and suburbs, the land down under may be vast, but the horrors are hiding around every corner. Catch a new episode of Crime Down Under every Sunday. Listen free only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Wanda Clark felt the strange silver watch on her wrist. She knew nothing about it save this. It could turn back time when wound backward. She and her boyfriend Edward walked briskly through the quaint Welsh town, neither speaking. He nudged her. Penny for your thoughts? For a crazy moment, she felt like telling the truth. Oh, I was just thinking about how you died in a fire I started by ringing a church bell, then how I saved your life by turning back time. She caught herself and said instead, Oh, I was just thinking how nice this trip has been. The trip had been nice, but it still felt like a lie. Edward didn't catch it. When she looked into his eyes, he looked delighted. He said, I'm so glad to hear that. You've just seemed so stressed this entire time, what with the itinerary and the reservations. I just want you to know that... Wanda interrupted him. We're here! She spotted a horse and buggy waiting on the corner, exactly where she wanted them to be for a tour of the historic district. She dragged Edward over. She could still execute her perfectly timed schedule. It would just be slightly rearranged. From the back of the bumpy and cramped carriage, they heard the first bell toll, the scheduled tour group, which they were always going to miss. After a comfortable period of time had passed, they went on their own and rang the bell. This time, no one was startled. No fire broke out. Although, as the two of them left the church, they noticed several black-clad locals staring at them in horror. I wonder what that's about, Wanda said as they walked away. Funeral, probably, said Edward. Bells and death always seem to go hand in hand, huh? Wanda knew he was just making idle conversation, but the comment still sent a shiver up her spine. Their next stop was Town Hall, the great clock that loomed over the main square. Inside, was a massive pendulum swinging back and forth to keep the clock running. A velvet rope prevented visitors from stepping too close. High above, they could hear a steady ticking punctuated by the occasional clang. 
whoever maintained the clock hard at work. As they stood watching the giant machine with awe, Ed cleared his throat. <clears throat> so, what I was going to say... Wanda shushed him. They had 30 seconds to watch this thing, then they had to be back on schedule. Ed sighed and turned back. From above them, a voice yelled in shock. The pendulum shuddered, then swung faster and faster. Wanda looked around, terrified. What's going on? She shouted. A security guard stepped forward to guide them out, but his foot caught on a loose stone. He fell forward into Ed. Ed staggered back, knocking over the red velvet rope. Wanda met his eyes for a split second before the pendulum took off his head. Wanda screamed as she watched her boyfriend's headless body fall to the floor. Then she remembered the time machine on her wrist. Would it work again? It had better, she thought. She took a deep breath, popped the gear, and was back at the clock shop. I've been waiting to give this to someone very special, the old lady said again. Wanda snatched the watch out of her hand and stormed out, not even saying goodbye. This time, she knew exactly what to do to save Ed. Instead of the church or clock tower, she rushed them to the canal where they boarded a boat for a tour of the Welsh countryside. A half hour into this tour, Ed fell into the water and the boat ran over him. They went sightseeing in the Belfry Tower on the next go-round, ignoring any obligation to ring the bell entirely. A flock of pigeons landed on Ed while they were taking a photo, and he tipped over the edge. Again and again she tried, unsuccessfully, whether it was clueless bicyclists, hunting accidents, or even a poorly thrown cricket ball. Edward always, always died. Wanda lost track of how many times she tried to save him. She returned to the clock shop more exhausted each time, until finally she just planted her head on the counter when offered the watch. Wanda sighed. It's no use. Keep the watch. I can't save him. The old lady's expression softened. Follow me. Wanda raised her head just in time to see the woman vanish into a large, grandfather clock-shaped door. Wanda followed with trepidation. The room inside was more like that of a conspiracy theorist than an aged business owner. Every inch of the wall was pinned with notes. A map of the city dominated the center and pictures. Printed pictures of her and Edward all over the city. In spite of the time travel device and many times she'd seen her boyfriend die, Wanda was still stunned. The old woman said, You have questions, I'm sure, but perhaps I should introduce myself first. I'm Wanda Clark. Wanda forgot to breathe for a moment. Y you're... Yes, I'm you. Congratulations. 
You're destined to lead a long and successful life. You'll be a pioneer in quantum physics, which will lead to the invention of that watch you're wearing, among other marvels. However, in a life packed with adventure, you'll never be able to find love like you did on this trip. Old Wanda smiled sadly. Most people spend their retirement relaxing. I spend mine revisiting the vacation where Edward died, trying to save him. I thought that maybe presenting this problem to a younger version of myself would be the key, but you seem just as stumped as I am. No matter what I do, he always ends up dying. Wanda asked how long she'd been trying to solve this problem. The older Wanda only said, too long. Time, it seemed, was both an unstoppable force and an immovable object, the kind of problem that no one mind could solve. I'm so sorry for what I've done to you, older Wanda said, holding out her hand to take the watch back. Love should only have to endure this sort of pain once. The hair on younger Wanda's neck stood on end. She pulled back. I think... I think I'd like to try one more time, if that's okay. The older Wanda looked at her in confusion and then nodded. She ran out the door. Her mind was spinning. Perhaps another person would be shocked speechless by having a conversation with themselves, but Wanda had experienced enough shock to last a lifetime and couldn't let it distract her. She was a problem solver, and problem solving is about seeing what others don't. The old Wanda had talked about love, but that was not what drove her. What drove her was regret. Guilt, too, perhaps. Because of this, she had idealized Edward and turned him into a damsel for her past self to fixate on. Without meaning to, she had trapped young Wanda in the same way of thinking. It was what she said just then that snapped the young Wanda out of it. Love should only endure this sort of pain once. This test was not about finding the right sequence of events at all. It was about something more personal. She stepped outside. Ed turned to face her, and his eyes lit up in the way they always did. He asked, What's wrong? We late for the bell tower tour? Her hand gripped the time machine in her pocket. The one thing that could save him. No. The one thing that was holding her back. She said, It's nothing. Just something the old woman said. I hope you appreciate the time you two have together. I've been worrying so much about making this trip perfect, I really haven't been... present. Maybe we should just do some wandering, not worry about the schedule. Ed smiled broadly. Wanda returned his smile, trying to hold back her tears. They set off hand in hand. Not long after, they happened upon a small wishing well. When Ed was not looking, Wanda tossed the watch into it, hearing it clatter all the way to the bottom. 
From then on, she put it out of her mind. She focused instead on the man she loved, the sincere, sometimes dopey romantic who she'd been pulling around Europe. She committed every feature of him to memory, his blue hair, his paint-stained fingers, his hazel eyes, his corny jokes, everything. They spent their time letting the streets guide them rather than other crowds of visitors. Sometimes they talked, other times they simply enjoyed each other's company. Soon they were out in the countryside together. What a day, Ed said as they watched the sunset without a tourist in sight. Wanda blinked in astonishment. For the first time, she realized she had done it. He was still alive. She didn't know how or why, but by simply living out the day and enjoying her time with Ed, she had saved him. Maybe this was how it was always meant to go, she wondered. I just kept trying to change it. But Ed wasn't finished. He said, I've been meaning to ask you something the entire trip, but you always move so fast. He reached into his jacket pocket and took out a velvet box. He opened it. In it was a tiny painting of a sunset, and behind that, a ring. Will you marry me? he said. Wanda's heart felt like it would burst from joy. She said of course she would and kissed him. She no longer cared what came after or what came before. She just wanted to savor this moment while it lasted. They would grow old together and everything the older Wanda said came true. She unlocked the secret to time travel and in her retirement opened a watch shop in Wales, decades in the past. And there, she gave her younger self the lesson that changed her life for the better. She never repaired the broken smartwatch that started it all. Instead, she hung it in their room behind the shop. And when she finally passed away, its alarm rang out for the first time in decades. Allow me to tell you a riddle. It's a classic. This thing all things devours. Birds, beasts, trees, flowers. Gnaws iron, bites steel, grinds hard stones to meal, slays king, ruins town, and beats high mountain down. The answer is, of course, time. Clocks are a constant reminder of time's inexorable progress, and perhaps this is why we've always regarded them with some morbid awe. It's considered unlucky to talk while a clock is ringing the hour, and giving a watch as a gift is likewise considered an unlucky omen. Some claim this is due to the general association with death. Other communities are more specific. For instance, the Chinese words for giving a clock sound like the words for attending a funeral. As for the saying that you should not wind a watch backwards, well, this was most likely because winding early timepieces the wrong way could break the mechanism. Simple as that. But this superstition has an interesting thematic meaning, if we are to overthink it. It's almost like an affront 
to time itself to turn a watch backwards. Even if most of us keep time with our smartphones rather than intricate timepieces, their significance has never gone away. A clock face will always be how we picture that which will, in the end, devour us all. Thanks again for listening to Superstitions. You can find all episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Brendan Hawkins, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Erin Larson. This episode of Superstitions was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. Hi there, it's Alastair from Parcast. You may have heard of the Somerton Man, Azaria Chamberlain, or the Wonder Beach Murders. But do you know the whole terrifying truth? Be sure to check out my new series, Crime Down Under, where we travel to the land down under to explore the most shocking true crime cases in Australian history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Crime Down Under, and catch a new episode every Sunday, free and only on Spotify. Spotify.